0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across
1: from me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan
0: Strickland.
1: The stars at night shine big and bright. So this is going to be part two. It was almost part one of the history of Texas Instrument. But thank goodness for the undo button because our producer deleted our first episode. And, and then, then undeleted it. it. Yes. But we have to share that because we must shame him. <laughs> that and, and and we're still calming down. The breathing is returning yes. to normal. Like, oh, we don't have to redo that. Uh, okay. alright, so yes, part two of the history of Texas Instruments. Now you may remember that in our last episode.
0: In the last episode of Tech Stuff.
1: We left off where, uh, Texas Instruments had gone INTO SPACE! I think it was 1958.
0: Yeah, around, around the time also when, when Jack Kilby, who, uh, was was forced to work while everyone else was taking a break because he hadn't been with the company very long and yeah. hadn't accrued vacation time. Just fooling around the office, and decided to come up with the integrated circuit. No yeah. big deal, just something he did on the, everyone else's vacation.
1: Show sure you guys, you all go to Hawaii. You want to make an integrated circuit? <laughs> Get more awards than all of you put together. And, huh. and he did. Yes. Um, Except he didn't. Sound well, maybe like that. not
0: put together.
1: Yeah. No, he didn't. He didn't.
0: He doesn't seem like the kind of person who would do that. No. But in 1959, uh, T.I. came out with the first commercial integrated circuit, uh, basically. You know, it was – commercialized the product.
1: Right. The 1958 one was clearly just a prototype. Mm -hmm. Just as the transistor that Bell Labs made uh, like a decade earlier – was just a prototype. Yeah, so more than a decade earlier. But yeah. Yes.
0: So they're they're starting to come on the market, and uh, again, something we talked about not too terribly long ago on tech stuff, and something we have a nifty Nito article about. The first gallium arsenide solar cells were produced. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a period of of intense development. Again, we're talking post war United States. There's a lot going on in in industry.
1: The, uh, the space race is starting to gear up. Yep.
0: Yep. Um, and there's a lot going on. Uh, the company is, uh, we were, we were talking about Mr. Haggerty, who had been a lieutenant in the, uh, the United States military, um, mm-hmm. uh, who came on board after, uh, working with the company as a, uh, uh, a manager for procurement. Yes. Uh, came on board and joined Texas Instruments. Uh, he ended up being one of the company's very important leaders and he, uh, came up with the objective strategies and tactics approach. Um, this is basically the kind of, uh, you know, finding ways to get the semiconductor technology that they had developed into all kinds of electronics and computing products. Um, and, you know, there were companies in Japan taking advantage of it. You might have heard of a couple of these guys. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Um, Mitsubishi, Sony, Canon, IBM Japan, and Furukawa, uh, which was the parent company of Fujitsu. Um, and basically TI became a supplier for these companies, uh, during this period in the early 1960s. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they talked about the possibility in January of 1964, working with the, uh, Japanese government of, uh, coming up with a, a subsidiary of TI based in Japan itself. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically they, they, you know, they, it took them a little while, but they worked that out. Um, and uh you know in the in the 1960s you know this is when TI was an industry leader in semiconductors and circuits um they were supplying companies all over the world and they were developing international subsidiaries
1: Yeah at that point again you wouldn't necessarily be owning a product that says Texas Instruments you would be owning products that had lots of texter- Texas Instruments components inside them Yeah because apart from the the transistor radio uh, mm-hmm. That really uh, helped Texas Instrument get a foothold in this industry. I mean, that that demonstrated the uh, power of the transistor. Uh, apart from that, they really had not invested in the consumer electronics market at all. That just wasn't their focus. They were focused on corporate electronics. Yeah. So they're and electronic components.
0: Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean That's to fine. interrupt. They're a B2B, if you will. Yeah. With, you know, business to business. So they are, they are an OEM manufacturer. They give the, uh, the parts to the guys who make the other stuff that you buy off the shelf.
1: Right, they make the other stuff possible.
0: Yes, now that's BASF.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But actually, BASF does that kind of thing too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they really do. Well, I mean, that's their thing. Okay. Um, so, where where are you on your timeline?
1: Nineteen sixty seven is about where I'm at. Okay. So in nineteen sixty seven, Texas Instruments went and invented the first handheld calculator.
0: Yeah, um if you haven't uh ever been to TI's website ti.com you really should go and check out the interactive timeline because that's that's where I've gotten a lot of my information but they actually have a picture of this thing. It looks yeah. like um if you've ever seen the old style keyboard with a detachable number pad Yeah. This sucker is huge. It
1: is pretty enormous. But uh but still is small compared to the calculating and adding machines that were popular at the time. Oh yeah. And you got to remember that uh, before the integrated circuit and before uh, the the transistor, calculators were all mechanical devices. yeah mm-hmm. you know these were mechanically based calculators and so the the transistor and the integrated circuit really led to the electric calculator. so in 1967 Texas instruments uh, they demonstrate the first handheld calculator. It's not meant for uh, consumers yet. this was really again another prototype. And it was able to uh, do addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. And that's it. Ooh. And it had 18 keys at a visual output that displayed up to 12 decimal lights. What? Yeah, 12 decimal digits all the way up to that. Um, Which, sh- when you think
0: about it, at that time, was that was revolutionary. extremely impressive.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is... I mean, this is making the, jokes aside. In a way, this is the beginning of the electronic computer industry as well. I mean, there are other developments going on in various other companies all at the same time, but this is is leading the way to the consumer computer market. Developments like this really were very instrumental in that. Now, in 1971... Oh. Oh, you have some more information between 67 just, and 71? Just a bit of sure. an aside, at, sure. in
0: my, just a tiny bit. Uh, Jack Kilby yes. received the 1969 National Medal of Science yes. from President Richard M. Nixon... On February sixteenth, nineteen seventy. So, uh, just just a note: I I, I tracked the uh, Jack Kilby Express when I was going
1: through. Nice, nice. Well, in nineteen seventy-one, Texas Instruments develops the single-chip microcomputer for calculators, which means that they've now reduced the uh, the circuitry, the size of the circuitry. The miniaturization process has gotten to the point where they can put everything that a calculator needs. To be able to perform calculating functions on a single chip. Mm-hmm. Now, this this coincides with uh, this is like a, a, a demonstration of what Gordon Moore had said just a few years ago. Now, Gordon Moore, as you may remember, was one of the co-founders of Intel. Yes, and he had come up with this observation that we now call Moore's Law, but truly it is an observation that the number of discrete elements on a uh, on a given sized chip of silicon will double every 12 to 24 months. The, the actual number varies depending on when you look at Moore's Law. But in general now we say every two years that the number of elements on a, a chip will double. So that means in effect that not only are they becoming twice as complex every two years but twice as powerful. They're yes. able to do twice as much as the ones from two years previous. So, uh, this is really kind of a, the, the single chip microcomputer for calculators is kind of a demonstration for that. Just, just two years previously, it would have taken a chip twice the size or two chips to be able to do what they could fit on one chip in 1971. Uh, so we're actually seeing Moore's law play out in the market. It's, it's showing to be a true observation. Mm-hmm. which I think is pretty interesting. Uh, now, it wouldn't be until 1972 that Texas Instruments would introduce its own calculator to the marketplace. Uh, up to that point, what Texas Instruments was doing was just what we've been saying all the time. They've been supplying elements to other manufacturers. But in 72, they decided to get into the consumer marketplace with the TI-2500, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which is is not a Terminator. Uh, it is the Data Math Calculator. Which was cost $149.95, uh, as its retail price. And so this was the first, uh, uh, consumer electronics piece that Texas Instruments had, had really gone for since the radio. And, uh, and, and this one actually looks pretty clunky too, if you ever take a look at it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's big. It has that, uh, that, um, uh, 2001 rounded spacey looking look to it. Yeah. Which is, I think, characteristic of, what the space age will look like when you're in 1972?
1: Right, right. It's very kind of modular, almost like you're looking at it like ah this this would fit aboard uh, the space station in in 2001. Uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, um, How could could do your taxes on it?
0: Hal <laughs> could do your taxes. I'm afraid I can't give you a write off <laughs> on that, Dave.
1: I'm afraid I'm not a dependent, Dave. <laughs> so, my next.
0: Date as in nineteen seventy five.
1: Would that be for the SR fifty two?
0: Actually, because that's be also seventy five. When Jack Kilby got the <laughs> VK Zaworkin Award from the National Academy of Engineering. So, so
1: you definitely have the Jack Kilby Award timeline.
0: Oh yeah, okay. I have got it.
1: All right. Well, we'll just keep going with that. Well, I, I
0: just it it just still. I mean, it's sort of a funny aside for me and apparently Jonathan, but it also shows how important.
1: The IC was. You know, Jack Kilby's family crest is a barracuda eating Neil Armstrong. (laughs) Why, Why do you do this? Okay,
0: so yeah, that that was in 1975, and also the thing that Jonathan.
1: Said. Yes, yes. <laughs> the thing that Jonathan said. Why I saw yes. that
0: the SR fifty two. The fifty
1: two. Yes, calculator. a programmable calculator. It had magnetic card storage, which meant that you could actually program stuff on the calculator in order to do scientific calculations, um, which that was revolutionary as well. And it was uh, again Texas Instruments. Own product, so this is another consumer product. Uh, it used the algebraic operating system, which was developed by Texas Instruments itself, and uh, it came with twenty-two program cards, and it cost just a uh, just a few bucks short of four hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, three
0: hundred ninety-five dollars had uh, those program cards. I'm not sure. It said uh, the TI site says non-vault.
1: Non-volatile. Non-volatile.
0: So I'm, I'm thinking that, that you couldn't do a lot of, you know, programming and storage.
1: I think, I think it means that you couldn't make them explode. Okay. So. And they also in 75 began to make another consumer product, which other companies were working on as well. Uh, and also um, oh, had had uh, it, it featured in the works of a Mr. Douglas Adams. Ah, yes. Digital watches. Yes. Beep. Yes. Stuff What Beeps. Episode <laughs> stuff, 407. Stuff what beeps. Yeah. The, the digital watches, of course, were, uh, th- those were, several companies were making digital watches at that point. Again, we've reached a point now where the integrated circuit has, has reached a level of miniaturization where, uh, you could use some tiny circuits in a watch and replace the old analog watches with digital ones. Uh, now most digital watches at that time were a hundred dollars or more, maybe a hundred and fifty dollars or more. So Texas Instruments decided to try and aim for a lower price market. Mm-hmm. So most of their digital watches were priced at $40 or less. So that that helped them get a, a a jump on on that particular segment because there were plenty of people who thought digital watches were pretty cool, mm-hmm. including Douglas Adams, uh but they just couldn't afford them. Yeah, um
0: a couple a couple things that we uh, skipped because my notes are frenetic. They have lots and lots of things in them. Yeah. Uh, 1973, uh, TI founder Eugene McDermott passed away. Yes. Um, and 1974, there was a new program that TI established in the company called idea. And yes. basically it was an R and D, uh, group where they wanted to see, uh, the, I- the idea was that if an idea came through idea, um, that, uh, managers were authorized to go ahead and give it the green light. Right. You know,
1: oh dude, that's really cool. Go with it. And a lot of the educational uh, materials that that TI produced later on were products of this particular group uh project.
0: Yes, one of Jonathan's favorites which will come up in a minute. Yeah. That's why I wanted to set the stage because one of the things that they were working on was a speech synthesizer.
1: Yes, which does come into play in uh-huh, just a second. Uh-huh.
0: Uh so I just wanted to make sure that we we covered that real Good quick. Idea. Before we get into uh, one of Jonathan, a couple of Jonathan's favorites.
1: Yeah, I actually, the next two products I have to talk about, I owned as a kid. All right, this dates me somewhat. And I, so. And I didn't. Uh, so I thought yeah. they were cool, but I didn't have one. In 1976, Texas Instruments introduced the Little Professor. Ah, yes. Which looks like a, a calculator with a little owl-like visage on the calculator and... Plus he's got a, wearing a miter board. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. Yeah.
0: He's got, he's got one on the top of his head where actually the black part of the calculator that's supposed to be the, uh, his mortar board,
1: uh, yeah.
0: is, uh, where the readout is.
1: Yeah. So, uh, and it was actually not just a calculator, but it was a, yeah. a, a learning device. It mm-hmm. was to teach you how to, uh, perform mathematical operations. And, um, I was, uh, you know, I I owned one of these. I actually used these to one of these to learn how to do basic mathematic operations, and and I have fond memories of this device, um, you know, because I was a geek. Mm-hmm. Even as a little kid, I was a geek, and I found learning to be fun. And I've always found learning to be fun, which is coincidentally why I love my job here. So I it's have not I coincidental. have coincidental. I have ironically is why I enjoy my in an Alanis Morissette way, it's ironic that I enjoy my job. (laughs) No. Um, TI, I have TI to thank a lot for some of these uh, devices because they were instrumental in my learning process. (laughs) So the little professor was definitely one of the ones I owned. And I also owned the other one I was going to talk about that was introduced in 1978. Development had been going on for several years before that. But in 78, it hit the market, and it was the Speak and Spell. Mm -hmm. And Speak and Spell also was very important – in, uh, the, uh, documentary film Toy Story, um, as I recall.
0: Also, it, it can give you an idea when you need to phone home.
1: Yes. Also important in the documentary E.T., the extraterrestrial. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, this is part of the idea program.
1: Yeah. And it had the synthetic speech incorporated into it where it, the, the toy would say something and you would be asked to spell it. And it was a way of learning how to read and to spell and, uh, I remember having one of these, and I actually I think a couple of kids in my neighborhood had them. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed using one of these as well. I mean, again, thank you, TI. <laughs> and, in fact, I the next product I have to talk about, I own that too. Would this be the TI-99
0: Stroke 4?
1: Yes. Slash 4. Actually, it would be Slash 4A for me, but uh, which technically didn't come out until 1981. But in 1979, TI decided to enter the – uh, personal computing market. And at that point, there were very few other personal computers on the market. This is the earliest days of the personal computer age.
0: Yeah. You could have seen one of these if you were at CES in June, 1979. Yeah. Of course I, I was only eight years old at that point. So
1: yeah, I was, uh, I was busy awaiting. E- on I the was, I was, it. I couldn't go cause I was spending all my time eagerly awaiting the empire strikes back, which wouldn't come out until 1980. Um, Hey, but, it was
0: only $1,150.
1: Yes, that was one of the reasons why we had the TI, uh, TI-99-4A, because that one was slashed to $525. But the, th- this was a, Slash. this was a computer, uh, which probably doesn't really resemble the way we think of computers right now. Mm-mm. Um, if you were to buy just the very basic uh, set, like if you, if you had just the base unit, it was a, it looked like a keyboard, uh, that on the right hand side had a big cartridge slot, uh, mm-hmm. that was in there. And, it, and it, you would slide the cartridges in horizontally, not vertically. They didn't stick out. They stuck. They didn't stick yeah, up. <laughs> not like an Atari. Right. Not like an Atari. 2600. More like a Nintendo, but there was no, uh, cover that came down over the cartridge. And, uh, you would plug this into a monitor or television. Uh, we yeah. had ours plugged into our TV. And, uh, this is the computer system where I I played, Hunt the Wumpus. I've talked about Hunt the Wumpus a lot. It was a, I, I mean, there are certain things in your childhood that stick with you, and Hunt the Wumpus stuck with me. Uh, I was terrible at that game. I hated it. But I played it a lot because it's what I owned. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, the Texas Instrument computer, that's one of those computers that you hear a lot of, uh, engineers talk about how, you know, they cut their teeth, sometimes literally, on the Texas Instruments, uh, TI-99. And, um, it's a, it was, it was pretty revolutionary. It, the, the price tag definitely kind of hurt the sales for the first couple of years, which is why TI went back and started to make some changes to the, the device and then released the new model at $525.
0: Yeah. Except it wasn't all sunshine and roses for this one either because
1: there was a manufacturing problem that, that led to, disastrous results for ti
0: yeah and i actually wasn't aware of this until i did the research because I, I guess because i never had a ti 99 but uh yeah apparently there was a manufacturing problem that could cause people under certain circumstances to get an electric shock yeah when using the com- the computer
1: which you know you don't want
0: well standing in a bucket of water is not the ideal situation for you to use your computer anyway
1: well, I, I'm pretty sure that in this case, it was, it would take a little more than that. It was um,
0: actually the power supply. And yeah. was, was the power supply, since I didn't have one of these, was the power supply external on this computer? I
1: honestly can't remember. Okay. I, just curious. You know, I, I honestly do not remember. I remember using this device, but I remember my memory is firmly of me sitting on the floor of our living room yeah. with this device plugged into a television set and okay. playing Hunt the Wampus. Uh, beyond that, Can't help you.
0: Yeah, they did a, um, TI had to recall all these devices. Yeah. And. Send out new ones, so they were off the shelves for a while. That didn't, that never helps.
1: Well, especially during this era, you gotta remember Apple is tearing it up with the Apple II. That's true. Uh, the Apple I was not a huge commercial success. That was mainly a, a curiosity for hobbyists. Yeah. And it was sold, do you remember how much the Apple I was sold for? Yes, I do. $666.66. So, uh, at this point, the Apple II is on the market, and that's really tearing it up in the, in, in the, uh, home marketplace. So, Mm TI being off the shelves, it was defi- definitely a big blow to the company because they were losing ground rapidly to Apple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, of course, later on, you had the IBM-compatible uh, computers really taking off. And, and at that point, TI was was sort of left behind as far as the uh, personal computer age is concerned.
0: Mm-hmm. Ah, so what's next?
1: Well, the next one I have is an 81.
0: The next one you have is an 81. Yeah. Okay.
1: Do you have anything before that, or should I just launch into it? Well, I'm
0: catching up on on my notes. Uh, Pat Haggerty passed away in 1980. Mm. Um, so the the old guard, the people who started the company, are are starting to uh, to pass away. to pass on.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, oh, I, well, I have I have one in uh, 1982.
1: Okay. Well, in 81, the <laughs> first solar powered calculator launches.
0: Ah, uh, yes, the uh, TI 1766, which is pretty cool. Yes, indeed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I had a Texas Instrument solar powered calculator too. It almost sounds like when I look back on my childhood that I was like a Texas Instrument fanboy without knowing it.
0: Yeah, you know, you know, one thing that's missing from their interactive timeline that I think is odd. What's that? The TI thirty.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: It's it it isn't showing up, which I think is odd that they don't see it as a big deal. Uh, we had a TI thirty. I wasn't allowed to mess with it. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, they had uh, you know these. You might want to explain to
1: our listeners what TI thirty is. The TI
0: thirty was, in my opinion, the calculator that kind of really made a dent in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. It was ubiquitous for a while there, I think. And and derivations of the TI thirty, we have a couple uh, around my house now, which are later model, you know, more sophisticated, solar powered. This thing um, though had the uh, the red LEDs mm-hmm. for the display. So it's not, you know, I think of calculators today as having, you know, LCD black and white displays. And, of you know, course,
1: people should know that your the TI-30 would eventually evolve into Cylons.
0: Right. Yeah. I thought those were toasters.
1: Well, it was It was actually a, a, a terrible, terrible, uh, a tragic love story between a TI-30 and a toaster. Okay. All right, then. So moving on, you said you had something for 1982?
0: Yes. As a matter of fact, I did. In 1982, uh, Jack Kilby was inaugurated into the Inventors Hall of Fame. I'm telling you, it was a big deal. And like I said, it. it we're, I don't mean to make – it's a joke because he's continu- continuously getting honors. You know, Jack Kilby one.
1: doesn't do push-ups. He pushes the earth down.
0: It was a big deal. He's well, I mean at this man. point – Integrated circuits are in so many different kinds of things from inventions all around the world, from, from companies all around the world. He revolutionized, revolutionized, revolutionized electronics.
1: Well, yeah. Again, so I just basics of computing and electronics. It's a
0: running gag in this episode, but I really, it's amazing. And he is being honored by people of all stripes of engineering and electronics. So I that is a positive thing. So I really don't mean to make light of this.
1: So the the next thing I have is actually the 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 date of October 28th, 1983.
0: Okay. This
1: is when TI officially announced it with, with withdrawing from the home computer market. Yes. And so uh it looks like once once it's all said and done it looked like TI lost uh, over half a billion dollars yeah. due to the TI99 problems um which included all the different various uh, uh uh drains on the the their income. So that was that was a pretty spectacular failure. Yeah, but uh, you know, I would I would
0: argue that it was one of those failures it wasn't ultimately a failure.
1: Well and, and certainly, like I said, there's so many computer scientists out there who will talk about owning a TI-99 yeah. as mm-hmm. as their first machine and how that really got them into computing. So in a way, even though financially it was it was not a success, uh it was one of the most influential pieces of consumer hardware to hit the market. Yeah. I mean it just without that, we might not have had Some of the the great computer scientists who have come out since then who have really kind of shaped the way we use computers, things like uh, everything from the way computers network to the sounds computers make. I mean, there's some Mm -hmm. pretty spectacular stories that come out of people who credit the TI-99 with their interest in the the field.
0: Mm -hmm. So my next date is 1986 Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when Jack Kilby got the IEEE Medal of Honor. And let's see, there are some pretty big things that happened. I mean, a lot of the, the things that happened to TI in the 1980s are sort of behind the scenes for most of us. Uh, things like stock splits and, you know, moving, branching out and establishing branches around the world. Um, it did in 1988 get rid of its 60% interest in GSI. Just an mm-hmm. interesting note. The, uh, the geophysical uh, origins of the company now, you know, the company is letting go of that. Yep. Um, and let's see. So yeah. we're moving into the 90s, I think.
1: Yeah. And at this point, you know, the the consumer technology is starting to wind down a little bit. They still make plenty of calculators um, and I'll, they still make – sorry?
0: I was going to say in the late 80s and 90s, they had those really awesome uh, graphing calculators, yeah, yeah. which were huge and extremely – I mean huge as in this was a big deal – uh and in the late 80s I was in high school when I was starting to take uh physics and chemistry and and calculus and and you know I was really jealous of all these people who had these graphing calculators of course at that point we weren't allowed to use them
1: <laughs> Yeah yeah cuz you know that was cheating things like the TI-81 and now the you have to have them Yeah Yeah these were uh these were big deals I mean I I remember seeing them too I I think yeah. I actually did have a graphing calculator at one point we did have to have one and that was a big deal because they were uh, they were they were not the cheapest de- electronics out there on the market.
0: No. mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. they were expensive, but you know they they were very sophisticated,
1: especially again for their time. Um, so, so yeah, most of TI's consumer products at this point are really in the educational field.
0: Yeah, a lot of them certainly are, or at least the stuff that people actually see. Yeah. Um. Again, they're they're doing all kinds of things in the in the the background. Um. They uh, got rid of their Unix business and their um, industrial systems in 1992. They actually got out of a lot of business in the 90s. Yeah. Basically, they're finding that they all the things that they were working on over the years, that just weren't working out for them uh, anymore. They just sort of gradually sloughed off. Yeah,
1: they felt that it was pulling focus from their core competencies. Yeah.
0: Uh, 1993, Jack Kilby won the Kyoto Prize in Advanced Technology. Yeah. Um, and Eric Johnson in 1995 passed on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was when TI in 1995 uh, launched
1: ti.com. Oh. so they they were, and that was again that was kind of early for the internet days. Yeah, yeah. When you think that the World Wide Web really didn't start until about 92, mm-hmm. the internet the internet had been around for a while, but the the ability for the average person to access the internet in any way beyond email or uh, other like basic internet commands um that was really limited until until the World Wide web
0: mm-hmm. uh in 96 they got rid of their printer business in 97 they got rid of a whole lot of stuff they got out of the, the defense business uh they got rid of software um telecommunications just all kinds of stuff that they said you know what this we're we're going to focus on th- other things and that's not part of it
1: yeah. yeah and they continued to do that over the next couple of years they they were acquiring some companies and then they were divesting themselves of others.
0: Well, they got rid of, uh, in 1995, they got rid of their electronic toy business. Uh, oh, wow. tiger electronics bought that. Yep. So, um, you know, these are, it, it's funny because I think of TI in those 1980s terms, because that's really when I became aware of them. Yeah. Um, uh, my father actually, uh, an electronic or I'm um, sorry, mechanical engineer worked with some of TI's programmable calculators. um, and I, I, actually, there are a couple units, uh, that he had that are still around my, my dad's house who, that you actually had to pull out a section of the calculator and snap in a cartridge. And then you could lock it down with a key to this ginormous printer. And the work you would do would print out on a piece of, uh, on a roll of tape, very much like a, uh, um, um, cash register might. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know this was back in the the late 1980s so they were still you know pretty involved in these other things but these are not things that people would buy and have in their homes these right. are things that you would have for business.
1: Right. And then in the late 90s and early 2000 era they started to experiment with various sensor and control divisions some of which they acquired only to to sell off later. Uh it was again it's kind of like this uh this era of them testing out the other Parts of the uh, other other industry interests to see if that would be a, a good investment for the company, and then some of them they kept, and some of them they realized were uh, not really aligned with the company vi- vision.
0: Mm-hmm. They did ship their twenty millionth graphic calculator, graphing calculator, in two thousand.
1: Yeah, you know, why don't you talk about what happened to Kilby in two thousand?
0: Uh, he, that was just a really small prize. Yeah, the uh, Nobel Prize in Physics. Yeah, he got that in two thousand. Yep. So uh Mr. Kilby is well well uh known for his pioneering work in integrated circuits. Just right. amazing how how much the world has
1: embraced, you know, his work. Uh, in 2003, Cecil Green, one of the original founders passes away. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I believe that's all the founders he, at that point.
0: He was 103. Yeah. Or 102 and a half.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> When you get to that age, do you go with the halves? Yeah, you know, I'm just be tender. Okay, um, yeah. So we're we're winding up to getting close to the modern day now, and, and what Texas Instruments is is into. They're still very much involved in semiconductors and transistors.
0: I didn't. I didn't even. We haven't really even gotten into the digital signal processing stuff. They were right. in the first three com fifty six k modems in the mid nineties. They are a DLP, uh, the digital light processing technology. Uh, which is in many, many TV sets. They worked with Fujitsu on all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, regarding that. And one of Jonathan's favorite movies of all times. And my low battery is telling me I should shut down my computer. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> one of Jonathan's favorite movies, Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, showed on DLP. That was
1: a terrible documentary.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, again, uh, you know, that, of course, that movie was heralded as being digital. Oh boy was it digital. Boy yeah. howdy was it digital. You know, and they used uh TI technology to show it off in theaters. Getting a bad feeling about this. Oh man. So uh I mean yeah, they've they their TI has faded from the public eye in a lot of areas. Yeah. Um there goes the computer.
1: But it's, the power supply. but it's still, it's still very much active behind the scenes. Like you're still oh, going absolutely. to, and, and of course if you are a student then you're probably familiar with TI calculators because mm-hmm. they still are very much the standard for those as well. And you're, you're very
0: likely to have TI chips in, uh, pretty much all kinds of technology that you may be carrying in your on, on your person
1: at a given time yeah, on the TV I think TI is only second to Qualcomm for chips and mobile handsets yeah so uh, there are quite a few handsets that use some sort of TI chip in fact if you look at the breakdown of any electronics device there's a good chance you're gonna find at least one chip in that device that is going to be branded by Texas Instruments. Yeah. So whereas I think and a lot of... We're talking of- Texas. They really do brand them. Yes. Yeah. It, the, it takes a very tiny little fire. Yeah.
0: No, uh, I, I think that um, maybe people, since they don't see Texas Instruments computers anymore and they don't see, you know, there are toys and all kinds of things that really got a lot of public attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have thought the company is is gone but absolutely not they just have really returned to their b2b uh, oem routes yeah where they are supplying parts to other people who make stuff and who and, knows uh, maybe
1: maybe we'll get to a point where it's a, a full cycle and they'll go to just looking for oil
0: that's entirely possible
1: <laughs> and then it'll start all over again well that right. that I think brings us up to speed and that wraps up our history of Texas Instruments. I, I was actually really interested in this. Um, I mean, I had been familiar with the company mainly through its its consumer products because that was during my childhood. Yeah, mine so too. That, so that's, that's where I knew the company from whereas really what they're famous for is revolutionizing the electronics industry. So what do I know? Um, oh, that's all. Yeah, oh, that. So again, if you guys have any suggestions for other companies you'd like us to take a, a close look at and kind of give a breakdown of what they've done and what it means to be the, uh, the technology industries as a whole, let us know. You can drop us a line on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle there is TechStuffHSW. Or you can send us an email, and that address is techstuff at And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon.